When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And through the medium of telephonography, Dave Watson. Hello, boys. Hey. It's the old team. Hey. The old team back together again. Back like a heart attack. I mean, before the phone was invented, this podcast wouldn't have been able to be recorded today. We would have just had Dave speaking into a yogurt pot with string coming all the way down to here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I guess there'd be lots of other yogurt pots with string going towards each of our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, we're... Are we the most informed team in Britain right now? Probably we are, aren't we? I don't know, that's just a fact I've just put out there. It's It's good to spring fact ideas. It sounds like we are, so yeah. Feels like it, doesn't it? That's five wins in a row, I think. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, So I'll start with Tuesday night's game. We're in a real routine now of Tuesday night. Saturday afternoon. It feels yeah. very um, traditional. And uh, nice. Yeah. Tuesday night's game was against Barnsley and mm-hmm. uh, Dwight Gale. Two more goals from him. Dave? He's flying. Well, yeah, he's got 11 and 12 now. Which yeah. is, I mean, even, like, even in the championship, that's, that's some going. And He's got he's got to do twenty five goals this season, hasn't he? Yeah, you'd have to think, barring like big injuries. Yeah, touch wood, because frankly, without him, I mean, I know we'll get onto the Ipswich game later, but without him, um, we're kind of relying on I don't know midfield and to score the goals. Mitrovic isn't getting any game. Well, it's you, that's yeah, Mitrovic isn't getting any game time. Yeah, Maybe but, he'd be scoring shitloads of goals if he was up front. I'm not saying he would. I think we do have the most number of goal scorers in the league as well. So it is, you've got players like Kieran Clark chipping in with goals. 
So we're yeah, not... I think 12 out of our squad have scored. Something like that sounds about right. Well, that's impressive. So yeah, that that suggests that we're not reliant on uh, Dwight Gale. But in terms of the goal scoring, we were on Tuesday. The first goal was a sort of bundle in. Paul Doolan's uh, looking at me there, desperately trying to remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a Tuesday classic night. bundle in. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a it was a bundle in. Yeah. And uh, that's all you need to know really. But it was a good poacher's goal. And the second goal, I can't remember who put the ball in, but it was a lovely finish from Dwight Gale. Was it not Shelby again? No, it can't have been Shelby's still on five assists. Might have been goof, I can't remember. To be honest, we're scoring so many goals. They're all just you know, I forget half of them. It's hard to keep up, isn't it? Yeah, plus yeah. By the time you get to Monday the next week, the Tuesday game just feels feels like it's done. <laughs> I'm just looking through the uh, questions that we've got uh, on Newcastle, at Newcastle Natter on Twitter. Ah. I asked for some <laughs> feedback and I forgot to look before the podcast, which is a basic <laughs> of... Uh, we're doing it as slick as possible. We're today. doing it as slick as possible. Um, and there's a question that challenges me directly and uh, I'm going to have to bear this in mind throughout the rest of the pod and the question is uh, from Garnet Fleischacker Garnet Fleischacker and he says why is it that Fergus sounds less and less enthused the better the team does but peps up when we're shit <laughs> it's a good existential question, really, isn't it? He's Just the about... Katie Hopkins of Newcastle podcasts. That's why. Well, that's the dream. <laughs> um, I don't know. You don't. I, I think you're just not wanting to get carried away. Yeah, maybe that is. But yeah, I guess I guess I do get quite animated when we're doing shit. Um, is it, is it but, well, what I'm trying to do is trying to pep up the Newcastle fans when we're doing shit, and they don't need pepping up right now. It feels weird. We're so good at championship football. Yeah. This is this doesn't happen. Does this happen to other clubs? Because no. in the last twenty years, I can't remember other clubs who every time they went down, it was just. I know. I know it's early days in the season, but last time it was a walk in the park. Yeah, and we're ahead of where we were this time last. It feels time like as well. it's going to be uh, just as good, if not better. This time, yeah, stroll in the park on a sunny day. I, th- I think a lot of the reason that we find it so easy is because when we've been relegated in the past, like the last time we, were, we went down, and certainly this time, it was clear that we had the players. We just they weren't playing well, like they were playing beneath themselves. And now, like the the core of the team, like Shelby and Lascelles and um you know, uh, Anita and all the rest of weren't playing well at all in the Premier League. And it's not because they, I don't think it's because they couldn't do it in the Premier League. I think it's just that they've, you know, fucked up in the Premier like League. They were playing beneath themselves in the Premier League and now they're just playing certainly above the Championship. Yeah, I think both times we've gone down, it's been with a set of players that should have been a top 10 Premier League team or mid-table. Yeah. So we've, We've for there's a good reason we've been far better than the teams in the championship because we had the personnel for that. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often though. Uh, but then you do look clubs. at yeah, you look at teams like Leeds when they went down ages ago. They still had amazing 
personnel or QPR, the amount they were spending on players. So it does seem a weird anomaly with us that we we don't seem to capitulate. It's a good problem to have, though. It is a good problem to have. I was going to say, it's a bit of a laugh. Yeah. Well, it's like someone described it on Twitter, apologies to whoever it was for not crediting you because I can't remember who it was. Someone said on Twitter that it was like every now and ago, now and again, we go on a spa break <laughs> in, the cha- <laughs> in the championship. Yeah. It does feel like it's it's lovely. I would, if if you'd have given me the choice between another relegation battle in the Premier League and the season that we're having right now in the championship, it's a no-brainer for me. Yeah. I would be taking yeah. what we have. I'd, I'm not with a caveat, I'd rather have the option to watch more games this yes, season that as is well. a definite yeah. caveat. But that then is it so was frustrating. In the tail end of the season, uh, last season, we were saying, look, it's going to be it's going to be good fun down in the, in the championship. We're, we're going to win a lot more games. And I think, I think you gave me shit because I said I'd much rather have our season than Sunderland's. Like, 2016 uh, 17 season. I think he took the disability for that. I might do you have done it. Do you want to apologise? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah. 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 Just, um, I, for the yeah. listeners, Fergus is carving the word sorry into his forearm now. Yeah. <laughs> With a knife. <laughs> it's kind of a bit blink. Yeah. And I'm, go- I'm, I'm going to be immediately getting on the last train from London to Manchester. And I'm going to arrive at your door with <laughs> bleeding. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jim. I should have never said it. I respect you. No, I'm sorry. I took the piss out of you, Dave. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. But I think we all well, worried a bit at the move. start of this season after the first two games that we'd got a bit too into the idea of it being easy in the championship. And then after Fulham and Huddersfield, we thought, hang on, this might actually be difficult. And that's, and again, that would have been me probably being the most negative there. Hey. Hey, but I was. Um, and now, I guess, uh, and now I'm I'm very, very positive about, I think we can just chalk, chalk in every few future fixture this season down as three points well even now our goal difference is getting ridiculous we're like are we plus 19 i think we're sort of nine yeah, or ten ahead from the next best yeah we might yeah, have to bright brighton's second place with a plus goal difference of nine we might break break the um the system we're sort of doing too well it feels like we've gone down like a difficulty setting on a computer game from sort of medium to easy. I think I said that last week. Oh, did you? Like something along those uh, lines, yeah. It feels a little bit like we're cheating at football. <laughs> yeah. Well, this... I oh, know, like... Go sorry, on. go on. No, go on, David. <laughs> David. I was just going to say, like, um, there's not much to really say about the Barnsley game um, beyond Gale looked really good and um, the uh, the team that we, we put out, it was, you know... Rafa rotated again, but they all look like they know what their job is, and they all, like, you know, sometimes you bring in a, a, a fresh left winger or a fresh centre midfielder, and it, it's a bit disjointed. Yes, everything looks like settled. I think, because of the amount of rotation we've done as well, you get games like the the cup game coming up, 
where it, it won't be like we're fielding a weakened team if we make eight changes because that's sort yeah. of what we seem to do anyway. Whereas before, if you're one of those players who's getting in for the League Cup game, like all the ones who they won't have kicked a ball all season, suddenly it's almost like a charity thing of go in and see what you can do. Whereas now it's not a weakened team. We are just rotating that much. Here's a little theory yeah. I've just come up with. Perhaps when you're at Newcastle in the championship, it's harder to have an ego because you're you're in a team that's probably going to go up anyway. So mm-hmm. um, what I'm saying is in past years when we've been in the premiership, it's felt like a lot of our players have felt like they should be playing in Europe or yeah. something like that, that they're basically Musasoko, that they have felt <laughs> like they're better than Newcastle United. But the ones that we're left oh, okay. with, the ones that we're left with have either gone down with us, so it's their fault that we are where we are, or they've chosen to come to Newcastle yeah. in the Championship. I think there's been a definite change in the sort of person we sign as well. So we, we're not really being marketed to players as a stepping stone before. So you've got less players thinking, I'll do my two years at Newcastle and then get a move to Arsenal, which I think the problem we had with Kabai, with Sissoko, a lot of the players we brought in was mm. under that proviso. They'd be told, basically, do well here and you'll get a move to a bigger Champions League club. Whereas now we're, we're signing hungrier players who want... To, like, Dwight Gale's not been signed and told, if you do well at Newcastle, you'll get a move to, like, Man U Liverpool. Well, and maybe not Man U Liverpool. I would imagine Dwight Gale's career has had to sort of uh, adjust his expectations. But I'm sure part of it for him is, well, in the last few years, I haven't played as yeah. much as I would like. If I go to the Championship with Newcastle and score 25 goals then one that'll be fun and two <laughs> yeah and two my stock will go up as a player but i think as well we've got yeah, a manager then- who they believe sort of not won't settle for that but it's you sort of realize there's ambition all around so the whole club isn't operating now as a, a sort of sell-on company of like come to us we'll raise your value and sell you on there's an there's ambition sort of at every level now to actually do well there is I also indeed. think, like throughout throughout the squad, you've got players who, without sounding too too deluded and arrogant, Newcastle United is probably the biggest club they're ever going to play for, um, because I think like Dwight Gale, he's doing he's doing brilliantly in this at this level, and I think he'll do okay in the Championship in the Premier League if we get promoted. Um, but I don't think he I don't think he'd then get a move. Like the the level above us, you wouldn't get up to like your your Tottenham and Everton, Mary's Everton, but like you know what I mean. Like you, you, you're not going to get Arsenal, you're not going to get Man City, Chelsea, Man U, Liverpool, any of those. We're probably the biggest one. So if he does, well, I don't know. Yeah. This, I don't know that those sort of things can change quite quickly. Yeah, I'd you normally know, agree, but then Arsenal tried to sign Jamie Vardy in the pre-season window yeah I'm just looking anything I'm, can happen I'm just looking through our team sheet from Saturday you know John Joe Shelby did play for uh, Liverpool. Liverpool Liverpool Jack Colback yeah. has played for England Perez it wasn't I mean a couple of years ago I seem to remember hearing like Real Madrid rumours he was linked with Barcelona 
only a few months ago as well, I think. I'm sure Lascelles has had ambitions of being a Champions League player, you know. I mean, I, I would agree with you when it comes to Paul Dummett, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if, if you go through, if you go through it, so you look at like uh, Matt Sells, um, Yedlin, um, uh, certainly Hanley Clark, uh, Lascelles. Didn't Yedlin play for Spurs? I've got that wrong. I don't know if he actually well, played he, many games yeah, at them, but, but yeah. But in the same way as Shelby played for Liverpool and Yedlin played for Spurs, those are two players who've had a chance at a big club, never really made it, and have, are falling down the league. They'll now look at Newcastle as like, well, if, if they get promoted to the Premier League, their ambitions are not uh, in the same way as someone like Norwich, where it's like, we'll bounce around the bottom of the league, hope we stay up, and if we don't, well, we'll keep the same squad and we'll come back up next year. Our ambitions under Rafa Benitez are surely going to be, in however many years it takes, to be assaulting the top half of the Premier League, going for the Europa League spots when they're available, and if the planets align, going for the, the Champions League spots, if the planets align in the same way as it did under, as for us under Pardew. Like, that's that's our ambitions, and that's why I think like the the players that we have now, they're, they're not going to they're not going to play for the the title chasing teams. They're not. So I think we're the biggest club that they're going to play for, which is why they want to, you know, they're putting in the effort. And also, like you said before, Paul, Rafa Benitez, he's clearly a brilliant manager. They're not going to they're unlikely to to play under a better manager than him at this stage of their career either. Yeah, I think they're not going to be allowed to coast in the way they were before as well. I think the whole club had that lack of ambition before. Even it, like just the mm. actions of it, like appointing John Carver. You, if you're an ambitious player, you're not going to think, well, I'll stick around at a club that does that rather than try and get a move to a better team. True. Yeah. So our most recent game was on Saturday against the Tractor Boys. Yeah. Uh, our past feeder club do you remember when we used yeah. to just get loads of Ipswich players Darren Ambrose yeah. Titus Bramble Kieran Dyer Kieran Dyer yeah Probably. oh I did uh, like Fergus I saw your tweet about um, uh, Bramble Dyer Robson your boys took a hell of a beating and I and I did I did find it funny but I forgot to like it I'm, I'm really sorry okay interesting <laughs> I mean it sounds like you're just trying to have a dig at me there's apologies going every way here aren't there <laughs> There's a real clearing out of our closets here. There's a lot of tension in the air, isn't it? It's interesting when we're not in the same room, Dave, and you're not yeah. threatened by my um, <laughs> macho physical presence. <laughs> that you, <laughs> you feel like you can be a bit more... Yeah. You've got a bit of a license. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yes, 3-0 uh, against the Tractor Boys. You were on the last podcast, Dave, and and. and I don't want you to get sensitive about this. I'm not having a go. But on the last podcast, you were questioning uh, Perez's performance at number 10. I was, yeah. It suggested yeah. that maybe sort of he was getting a chance in the role that uh, w we would like him to be playing and he wasn't doing exactly... He wasn't doing as well as he might. And uh, yeah. he had a good game on Saturday. Two goals. And an assist. Yeah, man of match performance, I thought. And an assist, Yeah. So the fir the first one uh, within a, a a minute fifty nine seconds. Yeah, we seem like that seems to be a thing of us at the moment now. It's kind of similar to under Keegan, where it's just come out of the blocks 
especially at home, rather than sort of waiting to see how the game pans out. There does seem to be a concerted effort to just go for it from the off. Well, there's a real confidence, isn't there? Yeah. That we're the the better side, so we might as well just get at it. But as well, if you're Ipswich, like presumably you're thinking we'll try and stifle them at home, get the crowd on their back. So that's sort of the only tactic you can have coming to St. James's, I think. And then that's everything you've prepared for in the week, undone in 60 seconds. My mate yeah. says he's basically given up on, on Ipswich in the sense that he, just, he doesn't... He's the sort of guy who... Uh, the team or the city? And the, just the concept. <laughs> <laughs> he's the sort of guy who, uh, uh, you know, follows their games very, very closely. And uh, the last few weeks, he's just sick of it because of Mick McCarthy and how... Uh, really? Yeah, just how unambitious he feels that they are. And, uh, and uh, yeah... You can sort of Did see you why. McCarthy's quote after? Uh, no, go on. Tell me. Yeah, he was basically saying that um, there's no there's no shame in that and that we're the best team in the league and um, anybody who finishes us is going to be in, uh, will be in the Premier League and, um, you know, he was, he was, you know, really, really positive about us and really uh, giving us a lot of praise. Um yeah, I, sure. My mate was I, saying I this before from... the the Newcastle game. It wasn't as a result of that, but um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So two goals from Perez. Uh, the first one, as I say, within a minute. The last Newcastle United player to do to score a goal within a minute of the start of the game. Paul, that's a good question. Uh, Shearer. Correct. Quite, quite a famous goal, wasn't it? I mean, that's a safe bet. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't it? I was going to go for Marcelino. Wasn't, I, think that, <laughs> I don't think it is anymore, but wasn't that for quite a while? The, it was the fastest goal ever in the Premier League, Shearer's one. It was close to, but it was about a hundredth of a second or something like that after, like later, slower than um, Sol Campbell's because it was nine seconds against... Uh, Listen Manchester. to you coming out with it. Jeez. Yeah, and that that I have not written down. That's Sol Campbell, formerly well, of Newcastle as well, True. which you do forget oh, yeah, yeah, a lot of, of the time. Yeah, Newcastle, <laughs> le- Newcastle legend Sol Campbell. <laughs> um, we we got a, a lot of joy down the flanks uh, against Ipswich. Um, a lot of our attacks went down the left, and I think praise has to go to to Domit, who I give a lot of shit to. Um, but he had a really, really good game. He yeah, got his ball for well. the first goal was amazing. Yeah. Um, Buffran played well again. And um, Jesus, his uh, like renaissance has been just delightful. Yeah. He's, and he always seems to be popping up in the highlights. You know, if you see the extended highlights, he always seems to be popping up around 30, 35 yards and having a dig and it doesn't go too far wide. You know, he, he seems to be enjoying his football, which is yeah. Goofran, who'd have who'd have thought? He's probably as amazed as us, though. But like every game, he's probably just thinking, "How the hell am I still here?" One ex mag who uh, hit the bar against us, yeah, Leon, was uh, Leon Best. He's one of those oh, sort yeah. of players you go when the game happens. You go, "Oh, oh yeah, he's at Ipswich now, isn't he?" Yeah, he's. <laughs> He scored a Premier League hat trick for us as well. I find that amazing. Yeah, there's some. Was that against West Ham? 
I'm not sure. But there's been some very mediocre players that have scored premiership hat-tricks. But he's got to be up there as one of the most mediocre. Yeah, you get those weird ones where they just had that game like... Um, Chris Armstrong? Yeah, but well, he, he, scored, was like, he scored a fair few goals. Paul yeah. Kitson has a Premier League hat-trick. Ah. Not for us. Um, oh. For West Ham, I think. And uh, another ex-Newcastle player has a Premier League hat-trick for Everton. Who you would Sahar? Think, no. Who oh. you, well, Sahar. I mean, Sahar was like <laughs> yeah. a really Duncan good striker. Ferguson. Maybe. <laughs> but like, Steve Watson. Correct. Oh. Yes. He did play as a striker sometimes, though, Steve Watson, didn't he? I don't, yeah. But he wasn't, I mean, anyway. He was, he was sort of like a Phil Neville yeah. player, wasn't he, really? Steve Although he had a, did you ever see his uh, flip throw-ins? Yes, he did. Yeah, the somersault ones. Yeah, he'd do them in testimonials. So, um, Matt Ritchie got a goal and set one up as well. And then, yeah, set one up as well. By all accounts, I hear, well, not by all accounts, but by some accounts, I hear he didn't actually have a great game. But the stats say otherwise, in the sense Mm. that he got involved. Nice to see him back. Yeah, it's it's weird because. I've I've heard similar about um, Perez. This, you know, it's one of those like, despite his two goals, he didn't really do much. And same said about Richie. But then you look on the like the Opta stats and the the Y Scout stats and all the rest of it. And actually, they did contribute a lot, but a lot of it isn't the stuff that you necessarily notice. So it might not be like he might not have dribbled past a lot of players, and his crosses might have might not he might not have crossed the ball a lot, but. You know, taking up the right positions, um, pass like simple passes he was getting right, and um, there's a there's a stat that's growing in importance in the in the field, and they're talking about it's called stacking, where how many how many um, how many players your pass takes out of the game, and Richie and Perez both scored quite quickly on that. We've so, gone very deep here. Well, listen to that. We'll be hearing full on fo- football hipster. Remember where you were the first time you heard about stacking. <laughs> you were listening to Newcastle Natter. You've probably pulled over in your car now out of shock and are just vomiting into the roadside. In ten, in ten years' time, the whole game of football will be stacking-based. No one, no one will bother looking at the goal stats anymore. Who stacked best? <laughs> Chief <Old> Stacker. <laughs> Did you see? Um, did you see the highlights, which included uh, uh, Dwight Gale's penalty show? Sorry, I was too busy trying to think of a Shelby Stacker pun that was just nice. too contrived. Sorry, Shelby Stacker. No, that's good. This, this oh. is why you get paid the medium bucks, Bob. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, no, did you see this? Did you see the the highlight of um, the Gale's penalty show? I can't remember, but from what I heard, it was a Stonewall penalty. Oh, it, I've not it, actually seen I it. I cannot fathom how a we didn't get the penalty, and like you, sh- you'd be calling for the the keeper to be sent off as well because he was um, basically Gale is alone in the eighteen yard box with the keeper um, because of a through ball, and um, the keeper just takes him out. You know, Gale goes around to his, uh, you know, takes the ball around him, and the keeper just takes him out, and I I cannot see how he hasn't. How did we didn't get a penalty for that? Yeah, I do think if we go back up, you'll sort of think twice before 
chanting about how shit the referee is after what we've seen in yeah. the championship because there is a massive gulf we every referee we've had seems to have like a couple of clangers a game if you in think they're shit in the championship i have a couple of times this month been to see dulwich hamlet Ooh. which is in, i think they're the seventh <laughs> tier of english football the refereeing i mean the playing the playing is not great yeah but the refereeing is so bad. I mean, I suppose there's just... There, when you think about it, there's quite a small pool of people who really want to be a referee. Yeah, and kind of understandably yeah, as well. Totally understandably. So once you get down to the seventh tier of football, it's just <laughs> <laughs> it's just basically 90-year-old blind women. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you just think is there any point having them at that level mm. to see how it goes without I just think when I mean, they're just getting really really pernickety about where the throwing is taken from yeah. oh. um, fucking awesome uh, I hear <laughs> I hear Yedlin had a great game a lot of people are saying that he seems to be quite liked by those who are going to games regularly I think the fact he was included as well and Perez it sort of tells that we seem to have or Benitez seems to have more of an idea of like starting 11 at home compared to away like when we were away we seemed to go more for sort of Diame rather than Perez for more of a physical threat and then Anita who's more defensively minded whereas at home mm. sort of Yedlin because Yedlin and Richie do seem to be forming a pretty decent partnership as well having said that I wonder if Diame sort of getting edged out a bit now. Did he play against Barnsley? I should know this. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He, oh, right, okay. Perez didn't and he did. So I like to think that um, Benitez listened to the podcast, heard my criticism of Perez, dropped him uh, for the Barnsley game and then, uh, and then you know, reinstated him for the Ipswich game. I think, I that, think that's, that's quite possible. Works, but that's I think almost it's, definitely what happened. I think it's more likely that <laughs> Paul's probably right that there's a home and away side. Uh, yeah. Clark had a brilliant game as well this just that's it. That's the one liner. Just he had a really good game by all accounts. He is probably our best defender this season. I would have to say, uh, performance-wise. Yeah, he seems. To, he's not someone who you would have automatically thought would be a regular starter. No, I think been. you'd have put him at joint third or maybe even fourth choice centre back before the season started. Yeah. But he's keeping him Bember out. Yeah. Do you remember? So, um, <laughs> the... It's weird that's not taken off as a chance. <laughs> yeah. So, a little bit of uh, Lone Watch. Henri Saive. Oh, he's, a, he's still he a player. still a Newcastle player. And he scored a goal uh, for, um, for 90s indie band St. Atia. <laughs> Uh, this Do you weekend. think there was any chance of an admin mix-up meaning he'd actually signed for the Vance and Etienne, and they just had to find a use for him? Yeah, well, no, he played. He scored a goal for Saint Etienne. Uh, Ivan Tony scored a couple of. Oh, he's penalties. on loan at Menswear, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's a, Sorry to any younger listeners. <laughs> nothing. No, he's uh, yeah. He just. He shunned uh, Shed Seven for, <laughs> for menswear because he believed the hype. No, he's at Shrewsbury Town or Shrewsbury, and uh, he scored two pens in a 4-2 loss. He's got something like a goal every two games now, hasn't he? Was it 5-11, I think? He's, well, mm. he's doing well. I mean, I mean, they're rooted to the bottom of the table, but 
He's scoring at least. He's, he feels like a player to me who will never be a Newcastle regular. But yeah, yeah. I, I think I was reading as well. He's had two suspensions this season, which over the course of ten or eleven games isn't great. I think it's something like six yellows and a red. Not great. Adam Armstrong scored a goal for Barnsley, so well done, Adam. If you're listening, uh, I've got to start rattling through some stuff now. So, uh, do you want to do some? listener stuff yes that's exactly what I'm about to do Dave um, we've got a question from uh, Thomas Burkhan uh, would you rather win against Preston tomorrow or on Saturday if you had to choose I would rather win tomorrow so that is in reference uh, to we've got two fixtures coming up against Preston North End yeah what do you uh, think the travel and hotel arrangements will be for the team? Stay away from that one now. Uh, but <laughs> Preston, uh, tomorrow night, probably tonight, uh, as you're listening, uh, we're playing them in uh, the uh, Milk Cup. Yep. At home. 45,000 sold for the League Cup. Amazing. Yeah. £10 a ticket and still some available. So if you're lucky enough to be in the area, you'd be a fool not to get down there. I mean, you could... What else can you get for £10? A fringe theatre show? <laughs> <laughs> you know football fans so well, I don't do. you? <laughs> I do. Uh, I wonder, like, per- I'm not being funny, that might be our biggest cop attendance under Ashley. Mm. I'll, I'll have a look. Good show. Go on. Maybe not including UEFA, I don't know. Okay. Have a look. Yeah, like, will he, well, maybe. I don't know. But I'm, well, that I'm, sort of says that we, you know, we haven't really had any cup. Runs under Ashley ever. But you sort of feel like we'll actually make an effort as well, which we've not had for a while. Well, it's a good question, though. Would you rather we won in the Cup or on Saturday? Personally, I would say that uh, the league is far more important, but I'm feeling a little bit cocky about the league this week, so I'd quite like a cup run to happen. Mm. Plus, if we win the Cup game, we're into the quarterfinals. So it's not like it's a first round I game. Think about, wow. It's right. The quarterfinals of a cup. Oh, yeah. The league cup happens so early, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, go on then. Yeah. I'd definitely take the uh, the cup win. So I'm in Same agreement here. with Thomas there. Uh, Dave, are you in agree- agreement? No. Oh. Get, get promoted. There's an FA Cup coming up. Let's, let's play in the FA Cup. Ooh. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I just um, it's it's an away fixture. If we can win an away fixture in the championship, I'd always take that. Get promoted, and then we can salt the cup next season. Got a question from Philip Huntsman. How many points would we have if we had followed Casper Schmeichel's dad's advice, who I believe his name is Peter, <laughs> and hired <laughs> and hired Pearson over Rafa? Well, how are Derby doing at the minute? Well, they sacked Pearson. Would be around yeah. there. I think what amazes me most about this is I wonder if he's being sort of dry here or is there a generation to which Philip Huntsman belongs where Peter Schmeichel no. is just Casper Schmeichel's dad? No, surely not. <laughs> well, you say, you, you're saying no, 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 but then there was um, like Sky and all the rest of them made a big thing of the, the 20th anniversary of Newcastle beating Man U 5-0. You know, the very famous one with Alberge Chip. Yeah, I, did, I watched so the extended com- highlights of that the other day. Oh, so it's good. amazing. And there were so many comments after it saying, what was the keeper doing? Who's that keeper? And all the rest of it. And I'm like, no, that's Peter Schmeichel. 
how do you not know this? Uh-huh. So maybe maybe Philip Huntsman is of a generation where Casper Schmeichel's the yeah. famous one. Maybe we should tour schools teaching them about awareness of Peter Schmeichel. <laughs> <laughs> Because people should know about him. We should, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, apply for a, a grant from the uh, the Arts Council, the Peter Schmeichel Awareness or PSA. Yeah. Uh, well, so if, if Pearson was in charge, we'd be bottom half of the championship. I think him and John Joe Shelby would be in prison for the bust up that would have happened between them as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a good shout. I think if Pearson was in charge, I'd. I, don't th- I think we'd have a lot more to talk about on the podcast. We'd be thinking John Carver was quite a calm <laughs> influence on the team when we had him. So uh, Bedford Mag uh, wanted us to talk about uh, how much fans swing back and forth over players, saying he's fucking useless and then he's the best player that we have and then he's useless like a shit. I mean, that's, that is sort of football fans. Really. Yeah. Like it feel it always feels like it's a recent thing to happen, but then you look back at there's been sort of club legends we've had. Gary Speed, nobody liked at first. Warren Barton, he had a really hard time at first. It's not yeah. it's not a new phenomenon. It is just something uh, it's it's something to do with football, but maybe it's also something to do with the modern age. Everyone's got an opinion that they're able to write on the internet, so we see everyone's opinions. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. And which, nobody wants to hear the moderate, considered, medium ground opinion. So it's only ever the he's dog shit or he's the best player ever that yeah. gets. Well, that's just fans attention. being yeah. fans. And Bedford Mag also is a a little bit irritated by. He's obviously been spending too much time on Newcastle forums because he's irritated by our obsession with the Mackhams as well, and says he doesn't give a shit about them. I've always been sort of in agreement with that. Yeah. I don't give that much of a shit. Although I was in, I did quite enjoy seeing a stat this weekend that Jack Rodwell hasn't won a game of football that he started since 2013. <laughs> I think Shut up. that is it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it's like, there's like about 30 games. I think the other great <laughs> thing to come out of Sunderland this week, I mean, it, it could have happened to any football club, but the Victor Anichabi tweet, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, where he, had clearly just copy and pasted something from the club's PR team. So just say say something like, not the best result, but great work for the lads and we're all trying. But he kept in the bit that says, say something like, which is amazing. <laughs> amazing. A, a, a great I, revelation I to, there. The, the thing about them, I'm always going to care about them because they are the local rivals. So I am going to enjoy their failings and take delight in it in a schadenfreude way but I agree that some people get too obsessed with it yeah okay well I would put you into that category (laughs) I think you are (laughs) slap in the middle of that category Dave (laughs) and uh, we've got a tweet from uh, Dalton who has a picture of Kevin Durant as his no that can't be Oh, I'm confused now. Anyway, he's, Dalton has, has tweeted us to say, uh, does Shelby deserve an England call-up? He thinks he does. Paul? I would say if you look at who's getting played in that deep-lying midfield role for England, Shelby is far better than Rooney in that position. But it's hard to see 
many players that play that role ahead of him in England terms. I I think I agree that Rooney shouldn't be picked, but I think players like Danny Drinkwater, Michael Carrick, Jordan yeah. Anderson, there's there's plenty of English central midfielders who aren't that you know aren't that sexy. Um, they're not they're not headline grabbers, and they should be getting a, in ahead of Rooney. I don't think Shelby's quite proven himself yet. No, I like, think he's yeah. brilliantly in the. Go on. So, Go on, I Dave. Say, I, I was just saying that I don't think he's proven. Like, he's doing well in the championship, but he's not quite international level. I think uh, he's definitely potentially international level in terms of talent. But one theme thus far of Shelby's career is he's not been able to do it consistently for a long mm. period of time. And if he can do that, then absolutely. Hopefully this is the season that changes. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, but uh, I think we're going to have to wrap it up there. Thank you very much uh, for being with us today, David. Are we Dave- not going to do any predictions then? Oh shit! Right, okay. <laughs> Predictions. Okay, fine. This is silky smooth. Today. Silky smooth. Well, it's the charm, isn't it? That's what. That's what people listen to the Newcastle United for. Can you name what ex Newcastle United player plays for Preston North End? What well, currently? Currently, next first one to say it gets a blowjob. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> Definitely I'm keeping my mouth firmly shut now. Then. I've got no idea. Uh, what position? Defender. He's made 10 appearances for Newcastle, I think. Youth player for us. David Edgar? No. Uh, same generation, I believe. Shall I tell you? Yeah. Paul Huntington. Oh. Uh, no, yeah. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Preston North End in the cup. Paul? It's worth mentioning Preston have just beaten Norwich and Huddersfield here at the top, so I think they'll be more difficult than we think. Okay. I think a draw. A draw. Okay. Do you want to give us a score? 1-1. One, one. And then in on Saturday? 1-1 uh, one, one again. Okay. 1-1. One, one. So two all altogether. Dave? 2-1 uh, in the cup, 1-1 one, one in the league. Oh, I like the sound of that. I sort of believe that. But I'm going to say 3-1 in the cup. <laughs> And one, one in the league, one, one in the league. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, Paul Doolan, for thank being you. with us today. Thank you, Dave Watson. Cheers, lads. My name is Fergus Craig, and thank you to you, the Newcastle Natter listener. Please rate us on iTunes and follow us at Newcastle Natter. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.